Hey folks, this is Wes Colton with the Introvert Unbound podcast. In this episode, really excited to welcome Zach Bourne. He is not just a dating coach. He is a personal development coach who specializes in dating. He's also an introvert. So, hmm, what topic are we going to talk about? I think we're going to talk a little bit about dating as an introvert, and then we'll see where the conversation goes. So, welcome, Zach. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. So, tell us where you are in the country. So, I'm in New York City. I live here in New York City. Uh, I've been here for about nine years. Uh, But yeah, it's been my home uh, for 13 total, but uh, where I am in New York for nine. Excellent. Yeah, Yeah. I I actually originally come from New York, uh, the Hudson River Valley, so just about an hour north of the city. So, I'm definitely familiar with it. So yeah, dating in New York City. Wow, that's that's both. There's a lot going on there with that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It can be definitely be interesting in New York City. Um, and a lot of times in New York City, you can get a, a lot of dates, maybe in a short period of time, but maybe people feel there's more competition or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, and um, actually, a friend of mine, she went on a hundred dates <laughs> and actually still did not find anyone. But I, I think, you know, and I'm sure this is something that you you probably see a lot, too, is uh, even if you find the right person, that if you're not ready, then it, it's not very meaningful. Right. And so and so like that friend of mine, she went on, on 100 dates, but uh, she wasn't ready. Right. You know, she wanted it a lot, but she had not um, developed herself enough. Uh, to get to the point where she could be ready for, you know, for having that person. That's a really great point. You're, if you're not in the right headspace or not at the right level of emotional development or what have you, just yeah. meeting a bunch of people, that might not work for you. No, totally not. And uh, and also it can make, I feel like it can make dating much more stressful. Uh, what do you think? I feel like it's not quite as fun if, you know, when you're more ready, you can just have a good time no matter what happens on the date, sort of. You can, you can go in with that mindset, which I really right. like. Well, I guess the yeah. question is, what does it mean to be ready? Like, what, is, what does that look like? Right. Well, that's an individual thing, and that's definitely something very important that we have to kind of look at in ourselves. And I find a lot of people who don't have, you know, what they want in their life, they haven't really become ready. <clears throat> and, sorry, <clears throat> and there's so many ways that we can become ready you know, do we have time in our life? Have we let go of old baggage? Um, do we uh, do we even have like physical space? Would would you be embarrassed if you know that person came to your house tomorrow? Right. Um, there's so many things, and um, also, you know, a lot of people too still have um, haven't come to a positive place about relationships. They're not expecting it to go well, um, and then a lot of times find themselves sabotaging relationships or um, not being able to be fully present because they're insecure. Actually, I think insecurity probably it, you know, it's one of the most um, one of the things that probably ends maybe the most relationships. Yeah. It probably has in my own life. Yeah. Um, and uh, especially for us introverts, you know, it's very easy to become uh, insecure because a lot of times the world around us, I feel like, doesn't value or introspection uh, have have you have you seen that be the case oh no question yeah and so um so yeah i think it's it's important for especially us as introverts to increase our self-confidence increase our inner value i, I think inner value is like 
out of everyone I've coached, that's the one thing I always have to coach up, mm-hmm. you know, inner value. Right. And um, actually, I have I've been toying with this theory lately. What do you What do you think the the quality that people most look for? Um, and this is just discussion, and maybe you can help me hash out this idea more. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you What do you think the quality that people most look for in general? Because you you hear people mm-hmm. say they look for confidence or they look for humor, they find those things attractive. What do you think? Well, are we talking about what women are looking for in men, or vice versa, or all? Well, both? It, it's open. It's very yeah. general. Um, I, I think sometimes some men can prioritize certain things that women don't prioritize and vice versa. But I, I would say to be very vague would be just simply connection. And yeah, I think that's actually. a really hard thing to kind of write down on paper what that looks like. But it's sort of like the kind of thing you know it when you see it. Yeah, and you feel it, that chemistry, right? Right, yeah. And I think chemistry is a part of it, too. I mean, you know, to be crass, I do think sexual chemistry and attraction is primary, but that can look like different things. It doesn't necessarily look like the stereotypical things that we're always told all the time. So I do do know that's got to be a component, but I do know also for a fact that just sexual chemistry alone, that does not have legs. No, it doesn't. No, that's true. It does so what not. What do you think? What do you think is the thing that you're finding that's at the top of people's list? You know, I've been toying with this idea. I think connection is definitely a really great one. I've been toying with this idea. I guess this is a little bit separate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is maybe a, I could phrase it a little bit different, more like what people find across the board most attractive. And I think it's actually similar for men and women. Okay. And it's relating to what you were talking about, too. But I think like self-worth is like really the thing that people really find attractive, self-worth. Because, uh, and there's different kinds of self-worth, right? Self-worth can come from um, physical attractiveness. It can come from intelligence. It can come from anything, you know, and people will value different things differently. Yes. And I think that's what people gives people different tastes. But in general, I don't know if I've ever seen someone really attracted to someone who has no self-value. And people who have very high self-value, I find across the board, people are attracted to them. Yeah, excellent. Excellent point. And that's the case with, you know, both women and men, of course. You don't want to see anyone who just doesn't think much of themselves. And, you know, people are attracted to different things for short periods of time. So it can still be, oh, well, that person, that girl's cute. I'm going to go on a date with her. And it's like, but she doesn't value herself. She doesn't respect herself. That's probably not something you're going to be into that long. I mean, maybe you're in a similar boat and you just kind of tolerate that fact. But yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, but the cool thing about this, I think, and, kind of exciting about this and it makes can make dating a lot easier for people um is that self-worth is something that anyone can increase yeah it's something that anyone can increase and anyone can improve in themselves and um and it'll help you with other areas of your life too so i think that's that's exciting and it 
it makes it easier because sometimes dating seems so complicated, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seems like it, and I think some aspects we make more complicated than they need to be. That's for sure. Totally, totally, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so, speaking of developing self confidence, would you say mm-hmm. that you were an individual that? at a point in time in your life, you know, maybe tied into your introversion that you felt less confident and then you kind of worked on yourself. I mean, now you're a dating coach, so I'm definitely going to assume you're pretty confident. (laughs) It wasn't even close. Oh, it wasn't even close. Yeah. I was, I was really bad. And, you know, um, I remember even like when I was a kid, I'd sometimes tell this story. Um, and there was like a girl that I liked and I would go, like say hi to them and then they would say hi back and then i would just like keep walking yeah what do you do you're just like well that's all I, that's it uh, yeah that's all i had yep. <laughs> as far as i got you know yeah uh, you know probably you know girls are like who's this weird guy you know <laughs> doing this you know not able to really hold a conversation right and yeah. um yeah yeah because I, I really I didn't grow up with a ton of value at all. I grew up very depressed. I didn't have uh, a lot of um, you know I didn't have like a lot of people telling me in my life that I'm worth something, you know, or at least that's how I felt at the time. And um, and yeah, I really got into personal development 13 years ago. It really changed changed my life, and it's helped me a lot socially. I had to learn social things. I had to like sit down and actually like learn them. I I wasn't that skilled naturally. Um so yeah, and and that made a huge difference in my life and increasing the value has yeah, I was even yeah, it's it's made a massive difference. Biggest difference out of anything I've done. That's excellent. Yeah, I do find that a lot of folks who are say dating coaches or, you know, personal development coaches whatever you want to call it, it's like we've been through a lot of stuff because we pulled ourselves up from a, a lot lower level. And that gave us the ability to not only understand that it's possible, but kind of break it apart to teach others. I, I do find like the totally. best dating coaches, let's just say particular, are not necessarily guys who have always been great at dating because they don't really know what they're doing. Like it's right. just a natural thing and they've never had to be in the situation where, okay, how do I improve this? You know, not that they can't improve. And of course they have, it's not like they were born out of the womb, good at dating, but early <laughs> on in life, their social skills or their situation was such that it was easy to them. But if you're like, yeah. all right, this is not working for me. I need to do things that doesn't work. That doesn't work. This works. That's how you learn. And that's how you become a great teacher. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I, you said it very well. I don't even, I can't even say it better. Well, because I had a similar situation as you, and and that's kind of where I got to today. Is like, all right, I need to work on this stuff. And I think the fact that we've been there, we can have empathy for yeah, guys totally. who are in that headspace. You know, rather than you know, certain guys like, yeah, huh, that's that's weird to not be getting laid. What is that? Like? You know, it's like we, <laughs> we know that. <laughs> You know, we know. So, do you work primarily with men? Um, actually, I probably primarily work with women. Oh. Um, uh, interestingly enough, I'm probably, um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm mostly vast majority women, probably. But uh, I think it's just because personal development is like seventy five percent women, and um, so, uh, and a, you know, a lot of women are looking for this. I think guys sometimes are often shy. Yeah. to yeah. to like ask another guy for advice oh, and yeah. especially even more to pay for it that's a, there's you know? some stigma to that yeah and trying to break yeah. that down so i wasn't aware of statistics that you said around 
personal development because that that's really interesting. Most of the most of the folks I end up interacting with, and perhaps it's because of my approach and my perspective, are are typically men. Certainly in the dating aspect, because I find mm. that being an introvert in dating, it's a bigger obstacle for men than women. So, do you work with women on dating stuff? Is what you're saying too? Yeah, I mostly work with women on dating. Okay, stuff, well, you need actually. to talk about this. So that's <laughs> okay, because because we talk a lot about dating on mm. the Introvert Unbound podcast on our website, and mm-hmm. some of it goes across the board, but the vast majority does apply to men. Some of our other stuff definitely is men and women or whoever, whatever your gender, but yeah. the women stuff. Okay. So let's talk well, about well, that. Yeah. But I, I help out, you know, I, I do both and most sure. of the coaching I do really applies to both because I, I think of it. Yeah. Especially with the self-worth thing. I think that's what women are looking for. I think that's what men are looking for. I think we're all kind of, you know, looking for the same things and, okay. you know, yeah. And the personal development aspect, I think really helps both. Um, you know, for men specifically, I think, you know, men, we don't really, we tend to grow up not valuing, have any like sexual value. Men mm-hmm. typically think of themselves not having any sexual value, right. you know, and kind of grow up with that mindset. And that's something that guys really have to change. Um, you know, and women have, have their own things that they grow up without, um, having, you know, having value. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I think it's important, uh, for, for both and yeah, I'm here to support, you know, both genders, of course, you know, and, and everything in between. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say the number one obstacle for women dating is and for men dating if they're the same thing or different? Um, well, our biggest obstacle, I I mean, of course, I, I think it's, I think it's for both. I think it's, it's the mindset, you know, and I think it's the personal development is the biggest obstacle. We really, um, you know, sometimes with women, they're looking more for, um, for a specific type of relationship. Sometimes men are looking for a specific type of relationship, but it's interesting because I feel like sometimes, you know, both sides aren't getting exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest hurdle is coming to, you know, coming to an understanding uh, of, you know, of the type of people that they want to date. And I think it's, you have to become the person that you want to be Mm -hmm. in order to be with the quality of person that you want to be with, you know? And, um, and so I think, I think that's kind of the biggest hurdle. And, and I'm definitely, I, you know, I think too, there's so many different types of dating styles and different setups that, that people have. And I think people really need to embrace what's best for them, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important across the board and let go of societal standards. So many, like so much programming we have around relationships Mm -hmm. and dating. And I, I, I would love to see us let go of more of those. So let's, can you give an example of some of those societal standards? Well, there's a lot of societal standards, you know, um, with women, I think they, they feel this big rush to run off and get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> uh, excuse me. So, um, uh, if you, you know, I, I think we need to slow down and savor each phase, you know, of our relationship and, and to enjoy the beautiful moments as opposed to rushing to the end results. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's that's what happened. People were like, they're rushing to get a boyfriend or, or girlfriend, and they're rushing to get married, and they're rushing to have a kid. Yes. And then 
they've missed all the good parts, you know, and most of the time they don't make movies about once you already have the kids and the family <laughs> and stuff. Right. And, yeah. and, and then once people already have that, they, they yearn for the savoring that they miss. Mm-hmm. And so that's one societal standard. And also, you know, marriage is good for some people, but it's not good for others. Right. I don't think we have to, I think we should examine if, if that is right for us or not. Or, um, I mean, there's different, there's different dating styles as well. There's something like, you know, relationship anarchy, which might be right for some people. Mm-hmm. I have a few friends who specifically like that. I don't know. Um, I don't know if everyone's familiar with that term. It's, it's kind of the idea that you don't have to, uh, specifically differentiate between, um, friend or romantic person. There's no, there's basically no labels mm-hmm. and you're just able to be, you know, free. And that might be right for someone. And then serial monogamy might be right for another. But the point is, you just got to figure out what's right for you and to embrace what's right for you. And I think that's really important. Right. And then finding the people who are into that. Because if you're like, oh, hey, I'm polyamorous. And then the person you're with is like, well, I expect to be married in one year. It's like, well, that might not work. May not be a good match. Right. Right. And and I, I think we need to respect other people's um, you, you know, dating styles, that has to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what and, would, so, oh, sorry, keep going. No, no, go ahead. That's, that's, that's it. I was just going to ask, what do you think about dating apps versus meeting people in real life through either social circle or even cold approaching people just randomly? Mm-hmm. Well, since this is, uh, since this is about introverts, I, uh, I assume we're, we're probably not going to be that good at cold approaching. <laughs> That's just my guess. I think we, you know, we have a hard time. I know I had a hard time with it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm terrible at cold approaches, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think dating apps are really great for introverts because you can kind of hide behind your, your phone or your computer screen and and um, and you know get to know people a little bit more there, and you can come out of your shell a little bit. Sure. Well, I'd be. I'd be curious to hear your opinion of this because I for years did almost exclusively dating apps. So this was after college and I was like, Oh wait, it's kind of hard to meet people. So I did the dating apps. This was a while ago cause I'm older mm-hmm. and I, you know, I did okay with that. And then I would once in a while just randomly see a woman or kind of meet a woman in, you know, quote real life. And I'm like, I don't know how to make this happen. And it started to really <laughs> frustrate me because I was like, yeah. oh my God, my dating profile was basically, you know, my wingman or it was, it was showing intent for me. I could just show up. We already know we're both single. Um, we're both at least attracted to or tolerating one another's pictures, you know, mm-hmm. all, all those sorts mm-hmm. of things. And so I just sit down or like, okay. So it was like the first step was done, maybe even the first two steps. And I didn't like totally. that. So I actually oh, okay. did start learning cold approach. And I think there's a lot that ties into certain communities that I don't really like. And I, and I separated myself from that pretty quickly, but I do still think that cold approaching is a useful skill and mm-hmm. is a way to meet people and sometimes people that you wouldn't be able to meet online, but yeah, it can be totally. difficult for anyone. Um, but it, it's it's kind of like got a the kind of learning curve. Where it's like, it's steep at first, and then it becomes a lot easier. easier. But yeah, it is. It's a tricky thing. But I'm curious what you think about this because um, so the the problem with certain dating apps 
particularly as a guy, is that you may be ruled out of the picture really quickly based on a couple details that might not at all be a big deal if you actually met somebody in real life. So what do you think about that idea? Do, do you have any specific uh, examples? Yeah, like, like yeah, mostly around, um, say, like somebody's headshot. So here I, I have empirical evidence with women, and I've looked at other studies as well, where, mm-hmm rejected online you meet them in real life and they're attracted to you because basically all you have is a very small parameter of judge you're judged yeah. by your headshot and you know it's basically like your head and so like what do you have in your head yeah you like eyes you know <laughs> uh, you know nose like it's it's pretty lim- you know and then also it's yeah. just like the height thing so guys will be just ruled out pretty quickly whereas in real life like you know she's not going to necessarily be like oh well, my cutoff is 5'10", and this person's 5'9". You know, maybe she'd be like, okay, he's, you know, first blush, he's not as tall as I'd like, but then it's like, oh, he's charming, mm-hmm. blah, 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 and then you're mm-hmm. in the door. Yeah, so, that, I mean, well, I, I think that's a good perspective to have. And, um, and yeah, I think you being able to approach someone with confidence that you don't know, I think could be a really good confidence booster. And if, if you can do that, and you'd have to develop yourself a lot in order to make that comfortable for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think if you can make that journey, it can be very beneficial. Right. And, uh, and yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think that's, um, I think it's a, it's a positive to, um, it, it, I, if you're in person, you have your personality and right. online, it's more just like picture marketing. That's yeah. So, if your personality is really your strong suit, then I, I think it's something that can really suit you. Yeah. And the reason I harp on that is not only because doing cold approach is a really great, I think, personal development tool, but mm-hmm. it, that actually goes over into other things in life, like networking and business and stuff like That's that. That's true. Yeah. But mm-hmm. And then aside from that, just the fact that in my own life, the people I've met through that versus just online, you know, have been, it's it's been strangely different. And the other thing, though, is we do work with a lot of guys who just are not doing well online. And we can definitely, I've worked with guys on improving their profiles and everything like that. But for some Mm -hmm. of you know, you max out. And then it's, if I had only done online i would have a different view of how women found how how attractive women found me and Mm -hmm. it's actually a distorted view based on the fact that i would go out there i'm like wow that's so different when i meet them in real life so Mm -hmm. what what would you suggest for somebody who's really struggling with the online dating as in he's he's not getting any matches he's he's not getting any responses whatsoever yeah well you know so what I think is is important is when you get um, I've noticed that when you start feeling really worthy of something, mm. that's why this self-worth thing is so important because the clarity of the how you're gonna get there doesn't mm. come until you reach a certain point of self-worth on that subject, if that makes sense. It does. you know And then you the hows become very clear to you. And so that's why it's just so important to to do the self-work first. And then you're going to be, one, looking at your profile from a different perspective. Yeah. You're going to be able to look at, you know, you're going to find the tool that does work when you feel, when you get that self-worth going. It'll be clear. It won't be hard. It won't be as much effort. You're just going to see it. And you're going to be like, I should do that. And then you're going to do it. Yeah. And 
And so when you don't have the self-worth lined up yet, it's like, it's hard. Yes. It's effort. It's, it can be difficult. And so, and it, it's like, you never quite get the right thing going. You, you, you almost kind of get a bit, it, it just never fully connects, but you get the self-worth going and that, that doesn't happen. You know, the, I don't know when you really get the self-worth up too. it's almost like the, like this heat kicks on. I, I like to liken it to like a thermostat. You set your thermostat at a certain level of self-worth and you don't really allow yourself to deviate from whatever that is. Yeah. But if, if you can crank that, that thermostat up higher, it's like the heat kicks on. Sometimes you kind of just get mad and then you just like, not, not mad, but almost kind of this intensity comes and you just, you make a change yes. and you have the success. Yeah. You I know, love somebody, that. I love yeah, that. somebody like, Tony Robbins talks about like making it a must, right? Making something a must. And I think that's a little bit of a hard way to go about it, but it kind of illustrates what it is. Like having a, it, it's not so much a standard, but it's, it's really cranking up that self-worth to a higher level and then it becomes easy. Yeah. becomes easier. No, that yeah. is so key to everything. And, and I couldn't agree more about that. It's awesome. like, unless you love yourself, unless you think you are something worthwhile, no one else is really going to think that. Um, but right. the question is, so how, if you are in a position where you don't think much of yourself, how does one go from, you know, zero to one there? What would you say are yeah. the best first steps? Well, yeah. And, and there's, there's a, there's a couple ways to do this and there's different tools for it. I think the first step is to really acknowledging, okay, and being honest with yourself and just being like, okay, this is where I am right now as far as my self-worth goes. And a lot of times in our head, like in a, on a sort of cerebral level, we'll, we'll think we're at a certain self-worth, mm-hmm. but like deep down sort of our, our body and our emotions, it'll, you know, it's kind of like our subconscious is at a different level. And we got to kind of be honest and, and feel out where that deep down level is. Yeah. And uh, so, and just taking the stock and awareness and because this is like one thing where if you if you change it, you will succeed. I, I'm absolutely sure. Mm-hmm. So so the first thing is having an intent to do so and acknowledging where you are, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing that you have to change it. You know, two, I always go on this spiel where confidence, I define confidence. So my definition of confidence, and I think it is across the board, it is positive expectation in a desired outcome. Mm-hmm. So, so what we have to do in order to have more confidence is to have more positive expectation, we need to be more positive. Right. So we have to change the way we're thinking. We need to listen to our sort of inner monologue. If we're saying we're not good enough, if we're saying you know, things, um, things about ourselves, we need to uh, instead change it to more positive ways of self-talk mm-hmm. and, and to start increasing our, uh, the positive things we say about ourselves. And at the first, it's kind of hard, right? Yes. To do so. Um, so, so deciding that you want to be at a higher state, you know, and sort of defining what level that you want to be at, I think is good. Cause you'll just, it'll sort of subconsciously condition you to start moving in that direction. Um, and then getting that self-talk going, I have this thing that I do with my clients called the Boulder process that I really love. It's sort of like working with dynamite on this specifically, but it's something you have to sit down one-on-one and do together. It's sort of this, um, we really shift the emotion. What you really want to do is you have to shift the emotion around that particular subject, 
right? If, if you're always very bitter on a certain subject, you know, one of my clients was talking about the bitterness she always had, yes. you know, around dating. Mm-hmm. And if you can shift it from bitterness to a more positive place, and you're going to do it little one little thing at a time. It's kind of like climbing a ladder, right? Mm-hmm. So one little step at a time, up and up and up. And, um, and so if you can move those emotions up into a more positive place, you can increase that thermostat. You can increase that self-worth. You can start loving yourself. At, at that point, once you're feeling good, you can start affirming, you know, using something like affirmations or auto-suggestion, they call it. You know, and saying that, you know, I, and also you could uh, write a list about all the, this is something that people don't, you know, I'm always really bad about this. People will make a suggestion like this and mm-hmm. I won't, I'm totally the person who doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but this is something that you really can do and can make you shift the way you feel about yourself is you can write a list of, and this is something I do with my coaching clients as well, and they love this. You can write a list of all the great attributes that you can contribute to a relationship. Okay. And by the time you're like done writing this list of like, you know, 20, 30, 40 things, you're like, yeah, people really should date me. Look how awesome Mm -hmm. I am. Right. Right. You know? And when you have that mentality, you know, yeah, I'm awesome. People should date me. And you go up and you talk to someone and you have that energy going on. Like, you should like me because I'm awesome, right? Right. You may feel silly kind of thinking that yourself. But, you know, a cold approach will go much better if you think that they should like you. And even if they do reject you, it's not going to bother you because it's like, oh, they just didn't realize how awesome I am. Oh, whatever. Right. Well, I'd be <laughs> yeah. curious. That's that's all excellent stuff. I appreciate that. Right. Yeah. I'd be curious about your opinion on a topic. So, Uh, It's something that comes up a lot and actually we'll have an upcoming podcast about it. But the idea of particularly we're introverts, it seems to be. So if we're saying, hey, introverts, sometimes you might not be being social enough. You might not be putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. that much. Maybe you're not that skilled in conversation, mostly because you don't do it that much. You haven't necessarily developed the level of social skills, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. the first obstacle the first response I get from a lot of folks is, well, I don't want to be a phony. And it's yeah. like, well, of course you don't. And, you know, embracing the fact that you're an introvert, that's one of the best things about us. You know, yeah. I go on and on about how great it is to be an introvert. But the yeah, there's a that, lot of positives. Yeah, course, absolutely. Like we're deep thinking. We love those connection. We have so much to offer on so many levels. But, totally. uh, but the, that, that idea of like, well, I don't want to be fake. If I actually go out there and I'm telling myself that I'm a great person and I'm like talking to people and I normally wouldn't do that, that's not being true to myself. Like, what do you think about that whole Okay, totally excuse, but (laughs) right. And and some people, you know, they talk about like imposter syndrome, right? Mm. And it's it's relating to this too. That so imposter syndrome is like the idea, you know. Sometimes people, I think, um, who like Maya Angelou, she'd written like twelve books or something like that, and she was like, um, I, I she constantly had this feeling that, and she'd won all these awards and stuff. She's like. She constantly had this feeling that she's going to be found out, that she's actually not that talented and everything is BS. And a lot of people get that, you know, imposter syndrome. Jodie Foster, too, she, I think she won, you know, an Oscar. And, and she's like, oh, she constantly felt like somebody was going to actually grab it from her, tell her it was a joke and give it to Meryl Streep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's something that so many people have. It's super common. And that's what it's going to feel like when you first start telling yourself that you're something that you want to be. Because 
because it's like it almost feels like a lie at the beginning because we've and you can even see it in the brain like you're you develop certain neural connections in your in your brain towards certain thought patterns mm -hmm. so if you've thought i'm not good enough so many times and then if you all of a sudden think i'm good enough it's going to feel like a lie <laughs> you know the first time you say it because the neural connection is so much stronger toward the other yes and so i think it's uh i think it's really important to realize that that's what happens and it's kind of i i liken it to like uh, when you first think a thought, it's like a little seed, you know, you, that you can really easily flick away. I talk about this a lot, mm -hmm. and um, and if you keep watering it, you know, it becomes a plant, and soon it's like a giant oak tree, right? Once right. you've really thought something a lot, and many people have giant oak trees toward, you know, I'm not good enough, mm -hmm. right? Or and if you water a little bit of this new plant that I am great. You know, it, it it's it's still that little seed that can easily be flicked away, and so you got to continually keep watering it until the other the oak the negative talk self talk oak tree sort of withers, right? And the new one grows in its place. You have to replace the old with the new. So at the beginning, you're you're gonna feel fake. You're gonna feel like a phony because it's new. Yeah, and it's not that it's it's not that you're fake. It's just it's a new thought. Mm -hmm. it's just a new thought because there's really nothing different than you and the most successful person in the world at what you want to do except the way you think. Yeah. yeah. And so everyone is very capable of having what they want. And I, I want to, that's, that's like my mission to help people achieve that. And I, yeah. I love doing that. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally believe that. I think that's excellent. The analogy with the tree and all that. Uh, so yeah. we were talking before the podcast a little bit how we definitely are interested in helping people with dating, but our ulterior motive is to actually help people on a <laughs> deeper level. And you know, of yeah. course, dating. I mean, proper. You know, having relationships in your life that is really central to a satisfying life, and that's absolutely crucial. But personally for myself, I kind of got into, all right, I want to work on some dating things. And then it got to a much deeper level. And yeah. so talk a little bit about that, just your view on that, how dating can almost be, you know, working on your dating can almost be this gateway to working on yourself. Totally. And uh, sometimes I joke around about it being like the best bait and switch. It's like a positive <laughs> yeah, bait and switch. Good one, right. Yeah, a good one. And, you know, you go in looking for a relationship and you come out, you know, loving yourself, being more successful, being much happier, um, you know, and having you, you can have the potential of having a way richer relationship than just having, uh, you know, a husband or a wife. Right. Yes. You can walk away with so much more. Yep. And it's funny because a lot of times we won't do it for ourselves, but we'll do it to have something. You know, but we won't do it. You know, it's it's like when I really started off in personal development, I was really trying to help people with happiness. But you know what I found? Most people don't want to pay for their own happiness, which is the most important thing in their lives. Yeah. They don't want to pay for the most important things in their life. You know, they'll pay for a Ferrari, yeah. which they think will make them happier yeah. as opposed to paying for the thing that will for sure make them happier. Such a good point. And <laughs> and it's just it's very funny the way we prioritize things mm -hmm. and um and so yeah so yeah i think people go in looking for a relationship and then come out so much more yeah 
and personal development. Yeah, that's such that's such excellent excellent insight on that whole topic. Uh, so yeah, we'll wrap things up. But Zach, tell people how they can get a hold of you if they want to do coaching with you. They want to find out more about what you're doing and putting out there. So go ahead and tell people about that. I'll put some links as well in the description. So if you're looking at this, uh, you can uh, check it out on Podbean or on iTunes as well, and there'll be some links. But uh, tell people how to get a hold of you. Sure. Um, so definitely check me out on Instagram for daily inspiration. We got a great community of like eighteen thousand on there. Um, I definitely I have a free three day uh, attract romance video series that you should get on there. Um, that's a link in my um, on my Instagram, or you can always send me a message to get links to anything specific. I've got a webinar coming up, and. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, Zachariah Bourne. You search my name. And uh, I'm very excited. I have an uh, eight-week course coming out with the Romance Academy. And I'm really excited. I think it's going to be like the best thing um, out there, best like course out there for dating of its kind. So definitely check that out. Message me uh, if you like. I'm, I'm always around to answer questions. Oh, I also have a new group, um, the Romance Academy. On Facebook, it's a Facebook group that uh, I've started up. So you can get in early on that if you're interested as well. Excellent. Well, thanks, Zach. Folks should definitely check out the stuff he's doing. He's making the world a better place for really a lot of us. And uh, thanks again, Zach. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Absolutely.